Escape. An intricate underground tunnel stretched a mile beyond the cabin, leading to a riverbank, then past the sawgrass prairie and into the tropical wetlands of the southern glades. The challenge was much harder than Philip Anderson had anticipated. On his belly, he inched forward. With each movement, one elbow dug into the unforgiving cement and thrust him forward, followed by the other. His body was sore and exhausted. He crawled for over half a mile before stopping to catch his breath in the tightly confined cement tunnel. In one hand, he held a flashlight. In the other, his radio. Everything else he had to leave behind. His bodyguards had been killed his hideout cabin exposed, and he was on the run again. And through it all, he didn't have Miriam to accompany him as he had planned. She would pay. Soon enough. More than she already had. The darkened tunnel was cramped and stuffy, a nightmare to wade and crawl through. With each tiring push forward, Philip was on the verge of collapse. At six feet two inches and two hundred and twenty pounds, he was a big man and could barely fit through. If not for Miriam, he wouldn't be desperately seeking escape from the feds. With about a quarter mile left to go, he stopped, sweaty and gasping for breath. Somehow he had to escape. They were undoubtedly closing in on him now, from all directions. His hiking boots scraped against the hard surface, pushing him forward, the sandy concrete tore against his faded Levi's. He dragged along a satchel with some emergency cash and his silencer pistol tied to his ankle by a rope. His beige Anderson Auto Salvage t-shirt was drenched in sweat. He had never felt so afraid. And yet, there was a certain exhilaration to it. But there were also no guarantees that his escape plan would work. Philip was a man who seldom liked to take chances. In addition to the escape tunnel, he had a boat waiting for him, a small, unassuming fishing boat. He had a guy keeping watch, patrolling the waters, and ready to take off as soon as Philip resurfaced, a welder named Joe, who used to work at the salvage yard. Philip could very well operate the boat on his own, but he needed somewhere there and ready in the wait. Philip had recruited Joe, like many of the others, at a hefty price. The others, Ed, Dusty, Mike, Chuck, Ken, Dale, were either captured by the feds or dead. Philip was on his own. He stopped for a moment, panting. The journey ahead seemed impossible. At thirty-nine, he couldn't move like he used to. Down here in the tunnel, he could barely see straight from exhaustion and dizziness. He dropped his flashlight as its beam paused and flickered and grunted. Awkwardly, he reached into his side pocket and pulled out a handheld radio. I'm almost at the end, he spat into the radio between breaths, clutching it. You ready yet? Nothing came through the speaker but some static and a few crackles. He kept the radio close and held up his flashlight. The end of the tunnel was close. He could feel it. 
He pushed himself forward, gaining momentum as the tunnel curved slightly to the right. He shined the flashlight ahead, breathing rapidly, and looked ahead as stinging sweat dripped into his eyes. Twenty feet ahead, there was a crawl space which led out of the tunnel, an exit hidden within a thick shaded patch of sawgrass near the riverbank, surrounded by trees. Even if the authorities had found the tunnel and crawled through it, the hatch would be locked, and Philip had the only key dangling around his neck. He clenched his teeth, dug his elbows in, and pushed himself forward, reaching the escape hatch with barely an ounce of energy left. He climbed up and unlocked the padlock holding it shut. Frantic, he pushed up on the hatch as fresh air blew inside, providing instant relief. Philip climbed out and fell to the side, rolling under the grass and looking up into the trees.